0: and welcome to the Scottish rugby podcast brought to you by the Scottish rugby blog i am cammy black and we are back after a a short semi forced break uh, after i was gallivanting around uh, the shires of england uh, and and the the, the other boys uh, tried to do uh, a couple of podcasts but were were variously stuck struck with various types of lurgy including uh the person joining me tonight, John Anderson. John, are you better?
1: I am much better, thank you. Yes, yes. It's uh good good to be feeling a bit better. I'll not ask you for details. No, no, no. Po- probably <laughs> best not to. Yeah.
0: Um moving swiftly on then, uh you can get in touch with us uh by email podcast at Scottish uk. You can visit the blog as well, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. We've got lots of various things going on there, um, different articles. Sandy's just popped up a review of, Eng- of England's. England on the brain today. I'm going to have letters from Edinburgh fans now of Edinburgh's. Richard Cockrell wishes it was England. Um, of Edinburgh's uh, Challenge Cup campaign so far. Uh, so so give that a wee read. Um you can also get in touch with us on Twitter at ScottRugbyBlog, at Cammy black. We've got a wee uh, stat-vent calendar going out over the 25 days uh, leading up to Christmas with a different stat per day. The first 15 are, are uh, to do with the players in the various positions. So we've had, we're up to 10. We've got Finn Russell today uh, and we'll have that up to 15. After that, it's kind of random. We've selected some random stats. I've still got a couple to research and write. So um, I'll be getting emails from Rory, no doubt soon, pushing me for those uh, when he's got gaps to fill on the calendar um we're on instagram as well uh scottish rugby podcast and facebook if you search for scottish rugby blog you can find us there uh, if you're listening to us you already know where to find us but we are on spotify acast and apple podcasts we we haven't had any reviews on apple podcasts for a while um but thank you very much for those of you who have left reviews in the past if you want to do so and you enjoy what we do please leave us a review it just lets people know uh, that this is a podcast worth listening to, um, as as I'm sure you'll all agree. We had, the last one we had from uh, was from the meaning of Fife, which I think I read out at the time, which was uh, about our World Cup review via the the medium of we didn't start the fire. Um, <laughs> next week we're putting out a Christmas episode, and I've got a bit of a song, a special song, coming for for that as well. So those of you who enjoy my singing uh, can look forward to that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, it's gonna be good. <laughs> It's going to be good. All I will say is um, Fee, a uh, regular listener, Fee, uh, who um, follows us on Twitter as well, um, we, it was that thing where it said, the last thing you listened to on Spotify and the number one on your 10th birthday, and the only thing I listened to on Spotify is this podcast, and number one on my 10th <laughs> birthday was Bohemian Rhapsody. So there's a clue. There is, there is a clue, um, and feeded demand that we we record something. So we'll we'll see what comes out of them. we halfway through writing the lyrics, so we'll see how that turns out. Um, we'll start with a bit of news. Then we've got quite a bit to catch up. We've been off the airwaves for for a couple of weeks. Um, John Barclay's retired from international rugby. John, I mean, it's not really a surprise, is it?
1: No, no, it's not. Um, I, the only surprise was that he chose to announce it. Um we kind of thought he might be one of those Sean Lament types that says you know uh, I'm aware that there's young studs that are uh, um, usurping my position but I'm going to keep myself available if everyone and their dog in the back row goes down so um, <laughs> but I mean it's really good that he got a chance to properly retire from international rugby instead of the the sort of what what struck me is. And again, we're going to get letters to this, but it struck me as if you remember back in uh, the early sort of tens, um, we had a former international rugby player was posted on his Twitter um, in what seemed like a, you know, a a nighttime rage. It was just a frustration and then quickly deleted the the day after. Yes, yes, that was...
0: Yeah, that was a strange... I mean, he kind of leaves the international scene with not as many caps as you might expect him to get because of that, um, the the Scott Johnson wilderness that he was cast out into. Um, Yeah. And it's... I mean, you wonder on reflection how much, you know you know where the blame lies with that one. I mean, I know people, Scott Scott Johnson's got his detractors, but you know it covered part of the Vern Cotter years as well. And Barclay didn't really come back in until Townsend came back, did he? I mean, you know, there, there was no. Vern flirted with him, I think, for twenty fifteen, but he didn't make the final cut.
1: That's right. Yeah, and if you if you remember as well, Barclay um, left Glasgow as well under Townsend. Yes. And
0: there a bit of a cloud as well because he kind of yeah. dropped out of the pecking order and yeah, had to Because
1: yeah.
0: it's kind of the the the, the killer bees kind of, sort of went almost as fast as they came in a way.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they all seem to, uh, with the exception of with uh, of Kelly Brown, uh, both both BT and Barclay kind of had that. Um, um questionable <laughs> so uh rumored that their their sort of work ethic is questionable at times yeah. so it, it's it's strange but um yeah i i was really pleased for him actually that he got to come back onto the scene um there's no doubting that he's he's been a great servant for scotland um and it is it is a shame that he missed out in those years. But actually, in a way, we were pretty rubbish for quite a few of those years. So he's probably quite pleased.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that that was the era of um, Scotland insisting on not playing with any open
1: side flankers at all. No, we went down the... the, the three the sixes. sixes. Three sixes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't even have any. <laughs> That's it, yeah. It's, it's like someone, someone somewhere went, do you know what? Do you know what is really good maths? See if we do three sixes. Three three's better than one, and that means that's like 18. And also and it's the sign,
0: that... the sign of the devil, so we'll put the fear of yeah. God into them, even though we're absolutely gash.
1: <laughs> yep, yep, yep.
0: Psychological warfare without the, anything to back it up. Um, some
1: horrific players that played in that back row back yes, the day as well. Yes, yes.
0: Um, the other thing that was interesting is, in t- talking of retirements and the fact that Barkley's chosen to announce his um was interesting listening to Al Kellogg on the um Scottish the official Scottish rugby podcast. Yep. Uh I think this week when they were talking about it, the fact that he he was at, firmly in the Sean Lamont camp, but yeah. that, that he'd had a discussion with Scott Johnson at the time and was was told basically you're here to see the new generation through and was very aware of that role, so said, you know, he spent a lot of time on the bench and people were questioning why is he not getting picked. Yeah. But he knew full well, and I think that's it's interesting, isn't it, that you wonder how many coaches have those sorts of discussions with players, and, and whether or not that discussion was had between Townsend and Barclay as to saying, you know, you know I'm not going to pick you. And does that suggest a way forward that Townsend's going to forge now that you know that conversation's is presumably had post World yes. Cup of saying, look, if you if you stick around, you're going to maybe get some time off the bench and bring the next generation of players through, but you're not going to be starting anymore. And Barclay said, well. I want to spend time with my family and shake hands and thank you very much.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's an absolutely valid um, outcome. You know, there's no, nobody saying that Barclays any less of a servant to Scotland for for doing that. Um, no. It's a very very sensible <laughs> decision, but you can see both. You know, obviously, it is it's great when these experienced players do hang around. Joe you know, Um was obviously instrumental in the the Glasgow success in the in the Pro Twelve at the time as well. You know, he was still it wasn't a it wasn't a starter in that team, but he was still, you know, in and around and some of the locks that we've got coming through now at Glasgow they they grew up under Al So you can see the influence that he's had, but you can understand the other the other part of it. Maybe the what we'll call, I don't know, Let's call it the Tim Visser approach. <laughs> of yeah, no, I'm not getting picked. Cheery I'm bye. Dutch again. Aye, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I I talked to someone about that the other day. I loved your comment on that. By the way, um, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Tim, Poor, Tim to- Tory Visser.
1: Tim Tory Visser,
0: now Dutch again. Um, yeah, now Dutch again. Now he's liking uh, tweets from the Conservative Party. Um, not that we're a political podcast in any way, at all.
1: Um, but Tim is
0: Dutch. Tim is Dutch now. Hi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing I was wondering, because the, the slight ramifications, I suppose, for the other older heads that might be sticking around or who haven't made any announcements yet, the only thought I had was: Is Greg Laidlaw still going to put his hat in the ring just purely because he wants an excuse to get back to Jed during the French season? <laughs>
1: Absolutely. That's... He's
0: in Cahoots with Gregor Townsend. Go look, look. Can you just call me up to the extended squad just so I can have a weekend back in Jed?
1: I'll literally hold tackle bags, mate. Just like I'll be, I'll be the the thirty fourth man. Just you know, just get me, get me a flight back, and I'm there. Yeah,
0: go and drive around in my land, my custom Land Rover, <laughs>
1: <laughs> chucking round the hills. Go, yeah. buy,
0: go see the boys for a bit and get away from, for a get, get <laughs> away from that the 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 heat. Back to That's some it. good old muggy Jed. <laughs>
1: That's it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Greg. Oh, I, yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. I don't think he'll announce a retirement, no, either. But I think the form of a couple of scrum halves um, is starting to make his position, you know, un- untenable. I think.
0: Yeah, I think there's an argument for a last roll of the dice and a bench
1: yeah to kind
0: yeah. of that that kind of guiding the the Al Kellogg role of guiding the next generation through and also i suppose from a glasgow point of view you know if 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 Laidlaw's not on the bench then you're too very good you're too first choice scrum half down <laughs> for the of yep. the six nations so
1: and we're
0: back to Nick Frisby and we know what i think of Nick Frisby and so. we saw what happened with Nick Frisby at the end of that leinster game yes oh we'll Nick. get to get to that in a moment um while we're on Glasgow then, and we'll get to some Ember News in a minute, um, the 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 heavy rumour that Uncle Big Nax could be making a return to Glasgow.
1: Heavy, heavy rumours. I've I've went through a lot of googling just the single word Nakarawa for the last two days. Just just like, come on, just give me some more. Yeah. Have you got Google r- news Google News alerts? Yeah, so, I've got alert thought. set up. <laughs> Just anything about, about Lieutenant Nakarawa um, just pops up constantly. Yeah, I beg rumours though. So, well, yeah. the, the, the
0: offside line were reporting and they were, well, I think the French media were first with this report, but yeah. oh, the offside line were the first to pick it up that Nathan Bombries had, had had a meeting with him and there is a, a verbal agreement that he will come and join Glasgow and it's just a case of the paperwork being done. Some have suggested that. Something like that leaking to the press is a very good way for an agent to leverage more money out of either Glasgow or another club. And and that's perfectly possible. Um, But I just, I've got a feeling that this is going to come off. And here's why. One is Glasgow have got a big pot of money kicking around now Stuart Hogg's gone. Yes. And they have not, they've not recruited anybody to fill that hole
1: unless um, they're paying Rudy Jackson 500k a year which I don't think I they are I
0: don't think that's happening there's no you know so they've got a, they've got an, money in the pot for a big name signing yep they've said they're not replacing Hoggy so we're not getting you know Damien McKenzie is not coming to Glasgow sadly but, uh, but... As, 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 as much as people may want that to happen <laughs> um, so they've got the money swirling around so they're not and and he was on 600,000 I think reportedly at um, Rassing yeah yeah. So the money's there. The attraction to Glasgow is one is all his mates are there, and he's kept yep. in touch. best mates with with Ryan Wilson. Um, very good friends. with I think a lot of the squad. You yep. look at what um coming back to Glasgow has done for Nico Matawalo's career. I mean, he was yeah, no, he was a long way down the pecking order in Fiji, and you know for the Fiji team when he was yep. down at Exeter, he was you know his his career was adrift. He's come back to Glasgow and. You know, he 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 went to another World Cup.
1: Yeah, and he he. I mean, he looks as good a player, if not better, than yeah. when he was here the first time.
0: And this is the other thing. I think you come, you go to France, and you go to a French team. He's going to be under pressure to. Well, he's seen what happens in France. He's yeah. two weeks late back from holiday. And he gets fired allegedly. He gets fired, and uh, you know the Pacific Welfare Association were on Twitter saying this is all. You know that that Rassing were perfectly aware that he was in Fiji building a house, apparently. Oh wow. Um, so he's in Fiji building it, building a house because presumably you know he's building it for his family and what you know spend his life out there when he retires. Um, the Pacific Welfare Association said that Rassing were aware of the situation, then that he'd phoned to say he was going to be late, and they'd agreed it. So they think they were trying to get out of the contract.
1: Ah, uh, ah, uh, you know it's really funny because he's been absolutely outstanding at Rassing, yeah. and. Rassing are just mental. Like that is just such a sh- stupid thing to do. I mean, discipline.
0: This, oh, I you know. Dock wages.
1: If if you, get you know,
0: you know, you could see docking wages. Two weeks back, late back, we'll dock you some wages on your go. Some, uh,
1: but but dock to- you some wages. A couple of weeks off. A couple couple of weeks off training. You know, training in the fitness with the fitness guys. Back in fat camp, run them right for a couple of weeks. Don't do it again, and bring them back. But. Firing them is, it suggests, uh, is so it suggests
0: it suggests they needed to shave something off the wage bill. Yes. And there are reports yes. in France that a number of clubs are struggling financially. So that that may be why. Um but I think he, he Glasgow's a lot of attraction for one one if he goes to another French team, he's gonna be played to into the ground. Yeah. They'll yes. run him into the ground, he's gonna be under pressure to quit Fiji. And he's yes. thirty-one, so he's got a good couple of years again, you know, of, of playing international rugby and bringing. I think he's unlikely to make another World Cup. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. You look second, at Sergio. Second, row,
1: second rows do go, can go. That could be thirty-five.
0: Time. Yeah. Where's the next World Cup again? Is it France? So it's
1: not too. You know, yep.
0: you're not talking. Is like he allowed,
1: a, Is he allowed back?
0: <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, could be banned from France. <laughs> and and Glasgow, you know Glasgow, well Scottish rugby. The two Scottish pro teams have got a very solid reputation about looking after their so you know their their Pacific yeah. players. You know the yeah. B- Bill Matt. The reason Bill Matt resigned with Embrace is because he said I get looked after here. They look after me physically. They watch my weight. They keep me in tip top condition. They release me for international duties. We don't have any quibbles about it at all. And nope. they see that as a positive thing that I go away and play international rugby when I'm called up. And in return and and they manage his game time as well, yeah, you know they don't force him to play every game, he's rotated, he gets rested, whereas you know you go to a top fourteen club, yeah, you get the money's good, but you'd be forced to play twice a week <laughs> yeah you, you, I, you you're, you're not going to be looked at physically, they're not going to look after you, they're not got the same kind you know they don't look after as well, baguettes and arabo isn't it <laughs> you look at the state and- of Simon Zebo <laughs> he's got. Uh, <laughs>
1: He's he's going to be playing tight head for Ireland next next time he comes back. Yeah, he's looking a big boy. Um, yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? And yeah, it's good that Scotland does have that reputation for looking after players. Uh, and I I I I'm like you. I I think this could happen, uh, and for for the reasons you've said. And also, I think there will be there will be an agreement in place that says, yeah, you're 31, mate. As as you rightly say, we're going to look after you. We're going to make sure you've got. We've got you've got another four years in you. Yep. People are saying Glasgow don't need another second row. Well, that that's fine, but options are always good. And if you don't, if you're not playing Nakarawa every week, that's you know. And you think, you think just, what he's just sometimes. You think, I think you, you look at what the
0: benefit that Nico Matawalo has had, the impact he's had on George Horn's game. Yes, it's undoubtedly, Nico Matawala coming back to Glasgow. George Horn has learnt a hell of a lot from him. You think? I mean, we you know we've seen what Scott Cummings can do. He's a hell of a prospect. I mean, he's looking at being you know really pushing for being first choice Scotland lock at a very young age. He can already offload. You know, who knows <laughs> what you know training and learning from someone like Leonie Nakarawa is going to do for his game. So there are you know there's the benefits to it. You know, Glasgow need to rotate players, and he can play back row as well. Let's not forget he's played number eight at Racing.
1: Yeah. I played 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 six regularly uh, for both Fiji, Glasgow, and Racing. So um, there's also there's there's the other one major point that kind of conf- kind of makes me think this will go over the line. If you remember last year, we around this time we were having a, a, a similar or, or a couple of years. Ago, well no, it was last year around this time we were having a similar discussion about Aaron Cruden and right. the possibility of Cruden coming to Glasgow, and it was reported there was an offer in, and it was it was looking promising. You know, people thought Glasgow he was going to come to Glasgow, and he didn't. And and that that for for various reasons, there's much more pressure on the SRU and the Glasgow executives to make sure that the money that has been saved from Hogg, Russell, Nakarawa first time round, Matalawu first time round. And all these players, Dunbar, um, you you know the the list is pretty endless. There's money that needs to be spent to appease the the growing disquiet uh, from from the Glasgow fans. Yeah, because
0: they haven't. I mean, they haven't replaced Brian Allen Oasis so far, as I'm aware. Well, I don't know. I know he's he's not the only Nakarawa, but well, (laughs) he he was still he was still you know he was still a regular lock. Glasgow, a regular, experienced lock.
1: so exactly, yep. It's yep, still yep.
0: and and like you know, you know, Glasgow have built themselves up, and I think at the moment, and we'll, we'll do a, a recap of where Glasgow are at the moment this season in, in in a wee bit. But Glasgow need to keep bums on seats. Yes. And big Glasgow time. are looking at expanding the stadium, but they, you know, they there is a risk. I think that if things don't pick up at Glasgow and you don't start to get names of that people will recognise and want to come and see every week. Uh, that bums get off seats, yes, and people stop yes. turning up. The interesting thing, though, was was the news that Nathan Bombrys was doing the negotiations because we we know in the past that was with Scott Johnson's role, and we've got Jim yeah Jim Mal- you know Jim Mallinder coming in as director of rugby. But we uh, the 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 way that was brought in is to say that's more on the performance side, yes, rather than the Scott Johnson. Um, performance and contracts so presumably what that means is that the the, they've delegated contracts and signings to both the pro sides now
1: yeah that that seems uh, yeah that seems sensible and um i think it removes again the there's always been this sort of myth about both, both sides have had this argument that uh, the SRU are favouring, you know, they want Glasgow to be the top side, they, they, they've they, never wanted Glasgow to be the top side, blah, 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 you know, you've always, the, both sides have always had their beef with what the SRU are spending um, and I think this actually is a real positive step because it moves that personal responsibility onto the clubs and yeah. says, you know what, here's your budget. You get what you need. There's still an onus on you that, you know, the, the, the Scottish national team still comes first. Mm-hmm. And if you are doing a Montpellier and spending your, your annual budget on 20 million South Africans, like Edinburgh, 20, 2011, 2012, then we're going to have words with you and we're going to take that responsibility off you. But for now, go and spend what you've got. Yeah. Here you are. And then
0: you don't get the argument of it's Ember's turn, it's Glasgow's turn, it's no. Edinburgh's turn, it's no. Glasgow's turn. They, but each have got the budget. And that's you know that that that's that's the way it is. It's interesting because the, the, the other big bit of news that this kind of ties into is the governance review, and I'm not I'm not going to go into it now because I haven't had a chance to read the the document, but I have listened to the interview with Bill Gemmel and the other guy whose name escapes me. Um, I think is he called Norman? Oh, I want to say Norman. I don't know if that's right. He <laughs> um, sounds like a Norman. I know. Do you know who? Do you know who it'll be on? It'll be on the offside line. Yes. David Barnes will have covered this. I'll get. His. But yeah, the. Um, the 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 big governance review that's out on the way that the SIU should be uh, managed and run uh, has been published uh, and it's caused a bit of a stir. Um, where is it? It's not... Oh, news. Let's have a look. David Barnes will be all over this. He'll know... See, he wouldn't just say, I think his name is Norman. It is! Norman, I got it right. Norman Murray. Yay! So Bill Gamble and Norman Murray. It's
1: like a good Scottish name, that, isn't that it? Is. Norman, um, Norman Murray.
0: So they've released a review. There's a really good article actually on um, the offside line where um, I think it's David. I don't want to say it's David, and it's, it, it turns out to be Stuart Bathgate. I'm not giving the right person. It's David Barnes, of course. It's uh, David Barnes has done a really good uh, kind of initial analysis of of it and the kind of pros and co- it's quite a balanced article. It gives a lot of the pros and the cons of it. the The, the big takeaway for me is that that the, there is going to be a split um, where the professional Side of the game and the club side of the game are going to be dealt with separately by two separate committees. Yes. Which I think is a good thing. Yes. Because it's very hard when you get to annual reports to work out what money, what budget is allocated to the professional rugby and what budget's being allocated to club rugby, and I think that's always been a always been a bone of contention because it's very hard to see where the money's going because it's just a big yes. lump
1: yes i think that's i think um in a world of let's say um more requirement for transparency than there's ever been um everyone knows how to get a hold of annual reports everyone knows how to get a hold of accounts everyone wants to analyze things you do need to be um, more transparent and I think that's a really sensible way to do it whether they lump the it depends on what so for me the the proof of this will be in how much detail they go into in the pro team sort of you know the pro team report and with the pro team committee will we be going into that so Edinburgh got X, Glasgow got X da 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 or are we going to Continue to the because I think one of the criticisms of because obviously there was a few years ago the SRU put out a, there was a, a an EGM where they talked about um, being able to bring external investment into the pro clubs. Yep, and I believe one of the barriers to that for prospective investors has been that idea that you can't actually do due diligence that easily on, for example, you want to invest in Glasgow. Mm. It's quite difficult to, you know, there's there's no public record on it as to what their what their wage bill is, what their what their turnover is, what you know what is them as an entity. So you're kind of investing blind, and I think that for me that that would be an issue. Um, yeah. So and you'd want yeah, so you'd
0: want to see you, you, that committee needs. I think you're right to look at them separately and say. Look, this is this is the income generated in Edinburgh. This is the income generated by Glasgow. This is where the money. This is their, yep. where the money's going for it, and 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 given, you know, like I said, external because at some point that you, if you're going to grow the game, the professional game, at some point it's going to make sense to get external, yes, support for that in one way or another, and whether or not the SRU maintains a, a controlling stake in the, a club or whatever, but yeah, there is going to be a point where you need some, you know someone's going to want to come in and spend some money, spend some money and support it. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think the key, I mean, the, the other the other thing that slightly worries me, I guess on the professional board of it, if you've got Jim Mallander on, on that committee, which is, is all well and good, you're going to have some nominated people. There's going to be Mark Dodson on there, obviously. Um, but you have also got Gregor Townsend. And yes, I, I I I haven't read the report yet, but I just wonder, I mean, if he's there in an advisory role, I think you should have the other two um, coaches, head coaches there in an advisory role as well. Because essentially you've got a committee, you've got someone on a committee reviewing their own performance.
1: Yes. Which yes. is
0: like, I can see Jim Mallinder being on there because he's director of rugby. So he, I don't think he's technically Gregor Townsend's boss, but that you know in if he's in, in responsible for the whole of the perform you know performance and creating a high performance culture across academies and across the, the pro, pros at pro clubs and domestic clubs then i i'm just not sure that having the international coach whoever that may be on that committee as a as a standing member necessarily is that transparent decision making wise
1: yeah, particularly as, you know, because as as we've said, you know, you're looking at what, so I guess then what is the, what is the purpose of the pro clubs at that point is yeah. probably the first question they have to ask. You know, is the pro clubs, are they there to be successful entities as at club level or are they there to continue to serve the national team? If they're there to serve the national team, then... As you rightly say, Gregor Townsend shouldn't sit on that committee because their their performance is his performance. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, the, I mean, the other side, one thing people haven't picked up on, there's a lot of I think nervousness um, around the fact that the SIU. I think my understanding was they they have nomination rights, so they will put forward, they will vet. I think anybody that puts themselves forward to be members of these committees, so whether that's a president of a club or someone with a general vague interest in a game that the SIU will vet them and then put them forward as nominees and then the clubs will vote on who should be on these two committees. I think there's a concern there that the SIU then has a certain amount of control. Yes. In that, which I I accept I think that is a valid concern. However, I would say the other side of that is that there are and there have been a number of clubs, people who are ill-equipped and yes. not up to the job of standing on such committees or running clubs or being anywhere near club rugby. Um, I mean, I think of the recent example of the president of Glasgow University, who apparently a very well-meaning chap in his 80s, who stood up and made a speech uh, insulting the president of the SRU. How bad was that, that by was the way? <laughs> Jeez. Just, and uh, you know, you've got people saying, Oh, you know, he's he's very been a very keen supporter of 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 women's rugby. And I'm like, well, it sounds to me like he's been a supporter of women's rugby in the same way as the guy that runs the uh Twitter account celebrating women's rugby that just seems to post pictures of women covered in mud
1: Yes. It's yes, yes. There ha yeah, there there has to be a proper um understanding of just because someone says they're a supporter of Scottish rugby uh, scottish women's rugby it doesn't it's your actions that actually speak yeah. <laughs> and if yeah. you're doing what he did um yeah mm. and, and i think for from that point of view if if this
0: is about professionalizing the organization then i can see why the sru would want to vet people putting themselves forward because what you don't want is I, you know i don't think we've got Anybody that would fit this description as a listener, because uh, I, I don't think it would fit our demographic. But what you don't want is some doddery old bloke, you know, shuffling up to you know four times a year with no idea what the you know what, what makes modern businesses tick and how modern yep. rugby works, just for his fill of the buffet, because that's who the clubs want. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think there does need to be an element of is somebody is somebody qualified. To sit on the committees, these two committees, and make the decisions the committees are expected to make. Um, and I'm not saying the clubs can't, you know, approve suitable candidates, but I think there there is an element that that there has to be some sort of vetting process to make sure that people are well informed and experienced enough to make those decisions.
1: I think they should let us vet the candidates. That's a great shout. If anybody,
0: if anybody, well, I think that me, me and you, John, a couple of beers. Aye. I-
1: Couple of years. Loads Give of, us C, some CVs. Pile of
0: CVs. We'll, oh, we'll sort it right out.
1: Sort out. It'll be like right. So first question interview: Is Finn Russell the Messiah? Uh, Finn who? Get out. Yeah. Get get. Oh. Here's
0: here's here's the recent under twenty squad. Fifty players in the squad are are, are from Heriot's. Two players are from another club. Do you think that's right?
1: Yes. Absolutely. No. Yes. On you go. <laughs> Bias.
0: Yes. Which is the other point I've got is you know, you look across rugby was something this was going to be my hands in the ruck a couple of weeks ago but we didn't get around to it. it was, I don't know if it was an under sixteens, 18s or twenties team, I can't remember now. About half the laddies are from Harriet's. I think that's inherently part of the problem in club rugby yes. in um in Scotland is is that exact issue. There, you know, that it can't be the case that you know the fifteen of the best under sixteens in Scotland are all playing for Harriet's that just that's just lazy scouting.
1: Yes. Or or statistical anomalies, which um yes, I'm 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 sure um is not the case. No. <laughs> it's um yeah, but I think I think there's been a lot of chat over the over the years about the the kinda you know, chicken and egg scenario of is it the that the best players uh, come from these clubs, or because they've got the best training and the best coaches, or is it that the clubs cherry pick the best players um, and then provide them with a, the same level of coaching, but they go on to naturally be more successful because they're better
0: players anyway? Or is it, the, or is it that the scouts go and see the teams that they where they're mates with the other coaches and the clubs have always gone to see see and and don't get out and about and see? You know, you look at, I mean. The the two, I mean these these are two teams associated with a podcast, so it sounds very biased. But you look at what Highland are doing, and yep. the the facilities they're building, and the 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 youth setup they've got there. And conversely, I would also you look at Berwick, you know who have, who haven't got the same facilities as Highland, but are very and always had a very very strong youth section. Yep. and you can't tell me that Highland and you know in Highland and Berwick, I've, I've, I don't think they've got many players named. There's a couple of Berwick lads I think have been in in some of the embryo under sixteen teams recently, but. You can't tell me that, that anybody from the Highlands getting in under-16s, 18s and 20s teams with the facilities they've got and the the, the, you know, the strong youth setup they've got. That's just somebody can't kind be of bothered to get on a train or drive up to Aberdeen and Inverness.
1: <laughs> to be fair, I mean, it is a long way. It's a
0: long way, I know. And <laughs> as, as Darcy Ray found out, I think, today when he was uh, done for speeding for 111 miles an hour, there's, there's little speed cameras <laughs> on the, the road as well.
1: I lived in Aberdeen, so I travelled that road regularly. Oh my goodness, there is so many speed cameras; it is ridiculous.
0: 111 uh, miles an hour, and he didn't turn up to court today, so he's on the, technically on the lam according to the Aberdeen uh, Courier.
1: Yeah, there's an arrest warrant out for him <laughs> for Darcy Ray.
0: No reward, <laughs> so don't you don't have to go and dub him in unless nope. you sort of do your, your duty. Uh, so that's, I mean, it's it's interesting. I think the other thing I would say it does do, which I don't think people have realised, is I don't. David had said that he thinks it. It doesn't address the issue of Mark Dodson. I think it does without saying that it does. Yes. And here's why, because I've I've worked in the past for an organization that went under sort of similar reconfiguration. And essentially, by delegating the decision-making to committees, you take away a lot of the control that a CEO with a strong personality has to exert their influence, and you look at the Keith Russell affair and what what was alleged to have happened there, or was proven to have happened, I think in, the, in an employment tribunal yes. rather, where you have a CEO and and you know I think the, the the solicitor basically forging ahead with their vision of what should happen without any oversight, and that's kind of what ended up with with you know Keith Russell, um, yes, successfully claiming um, constructive dismissal, I think. Um, if I've got that right, apologies to anyone if I've got that wrong. Um, I think that's covered us legally, has it? Aye, it'll be fine. Aye, of course, enough. It'll be fine. Um, that, that you have somebody to, sort of forging ahead with their way of doing things, and then they get to an AGM every, every year, say, so This is what we're doing. Every grumbles about it, but it carries on as, as it is. Yep. But actually, by having these two, two committees on which Mark Dodson is now sitting, yes, he's sitting on the committees, but he's going to be bound by the committee's decision. The decision making becomes more transparent, and so there's less. The CEO then becomes a, a, an overseer and a figurehead, and the decision-making powers are taken away. So their almost. job is to set the big picture and to make sure that the pe- you know there's enough pennies in the pot, but that their control is weakened significantly.
1: Yeah, almost like a modern a modern uh, business structure, for example. Well, yes, almost like a modern business structure. <laughs> exactly. It's it's like the the may have come up with something that might be fit for purpose for professionalism and for the for the for the modern world
0: who knows i mean this is the thing bill Gamble and norman mckay these guys you know that they know their they know their onions you know outside of these (laughs) these are not just two blokes that have rocked up to murrayfield with a report that you know this is what these guys do out in the day-to-day work they go into businesses and they they review governance structures and management structures and come up so so they know what a modern management structure looks like, and it's going to be scary for the clubs to give away control and I really hope this time they agree to 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 give at least give this a go, yes, because I think that that you know you can't carry on as as things are no no we can't. So, watch this space. We might cover that in more detail. I think as we get up to the, I think there's going to be a, an EGM or an AGM. I think um, uh, in February. Um, so we might cover this in more detail in the new year. Um, other bits of news: Daryl Mar- Marfo has, has 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 emerged and has been <laughs> immediately been released.
1: I loved it on the press release that it was with immediate effect. With immediate effect. <laughs> yeah. It was
0: quite. A, I don't want to say it's a backhanded press release, but it was quite backhanded in the way that they. Yeah, uh,
1: brutal, wasn't it?
0: What was it? What did the wording of this was quite uh, brutal? It said, um, "We thank Daryl for his hard work
1: during <laughs> his time at the club.
0: <laughs> wish him all the best moving forward." Said head coach Richard Cockrell. Um,
1: oh, that's what you say to like your your absolutely shockingly bad intern that you've had to fire. Yeah, <laughs>
0: we well, thank you for all your hard work
1: and <laughs> uh, all your hard work. We're going to spend the next six months cleaning up after you, but that's okay. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. I mean, d- d- um, on the offside line, um, this, uh, somebody's left, left a comment saying he was, you know, he has actually been really good with the kids. Apparently, when he's been signing shirts in the uh, clubhouse afterwards, he's been a really nice guy. It's just, I, but the, you know... Weird. Well, weird. That's a very weird one. I mean, Bruce McConaughey got in touch and said, has there ever been a more... A, a fast rise and quick fall in Scottish rugby history. And the closest I got was Tom Heathcote, but that wasn't quite as as no, that swift and a...
1: really because no, there was there was calls for Tom for mm. quite some time before he rose and fall. Um the the Marfo came from nowhere. And... He did,
0: and he only came because Ember were desperately was short. And yep. then Scotland had like the worst run of luck with props. Was... Yeah. So he had to start I mean he, he started that test. I think he started and finished the test in fact. Let me have a look at the things. He uh yeah, he, he yeah, he he played fifty nine minutes of the game against New Zealand. Yeah. I, I think know. technically Scotland well. w- was Scotland in the lead actually at the time when he left the pitch. <laughs> Darrell Marfo beat the all blacks. Yeah, exactly. I think he was, you know. I think Scotland were in the lead when uh, when they left Um It's an interesting side that actually played that day. Stuart Hogg, Tommy Seymour, Hugh Jones, Alex Dunbar at 12. Solid. Lee Jones on the wing. I can't remember Lee Jones being on the wing that day. There you go. Uh, Price and Russell nine ten, 9, 10. Daryl Marfo, Stuart McAnally, Xander Figgerson, Ben Toulouse, Johnny Gray, John Barkley, Hamish Watson,
1: and number eight, Cornell Dupree. Yeah, I remember that was uh, around the time of Cornell, and everyone was like just. Desperate for him to show some class at international level, and yeah. it just—it just seems too nice. It just seemed too like, oh, this is kind of cool, but yeah. Yeah, he seems to have found it regained a bit of form at Worcester. It's gonna be interesting to see
0: whether or not he, he comes back in the reckoning because he seems yeah. to have come back quite well, strongly at Worcester. So we'll see see what happens there. Luke Hamilton played came on for Hamish Watson after twenty seven minutes and did a good had a good performance. Luke
1: Hamilton, the Bristol, they
0: the, at Bristol now.
1: The man child,
0: the yeah.
1: baby, baby-faced assassin. Yeah. Uh, what other bits of news have
0: we got? We missed um, the thirty-five million pounds we've got from CVC. I don't think that's been confirmed yet, but we've got a lot of money from CVC. There's a suggestion hey. this is going to move to an Anglo-Celtic league, which I think is the worst idea in the history of rugby. Yeah,
1: it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The, the the English clubs are in the process of voting for not having relegation, the chance of them sharing the pot with their their rivals, particularly their Irish rivals, unlikely. I tell you
0: why this isn't going to happen. Because if, Eng- if the English clubs wanted this to happen, they would insist on a salary cap. And in no way, no how any Irish side is agreeing to a salary cap.
1: Yep, Yeah. Leinster are going to be... Yeah, they'll basically just send Johnny Sexton just to tell them to 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 get to Platt. No, and this is all.
0: Come, I would say this has all come out of Wales and Welsh rugby's long held, you know, long been sort of like dangling a leg and fluttering their eyelashes towards you know across the
1: across the Seven Bridge at, at, at the English Premiership. I say let them go. When when you're having to play about 114 tests a, a year to keep the the, the books. Um, in the black, it's it's little wonder that Wales are are kind of flirting with the Premiership. It's aye, ridiculous. How's it, going,
0: how's it going in Europe, boys in Wales? Is it going well? <laughs> Fancy joining the English Premiership? Think that'll turn out well for you? Do you? Yeah. 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 Um. I So we we'll see what happens. There. I mean, I think we just cut Wales' loss. If Wales, what going? you know playing the English the Welsh teams what well, go and play in the English Championship good luck to them that's what I'm I saying. think
1: we cut the Welsh teams so that's four spaces that open up Yep. we get two teams from America a team from Japan and a team from Germany and we call it the World League and we just go absolutely like you know block fixtures yeah tours all around the world um and we make sure Big leone has got a passport for each of those countries.
0: Yep, I agree. I think that's the way forward, and and we uh, and but they only play a limited number of fixtures, so that we're all so that all those teams, national teams, are nice and rested for the international windows. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, we'll have a quick look at Embraer and Glasgow then, because I said we'd do a quick half an hour, John, but we're um, <laughs> it's...
1: We're, we're forty-seven minutes deep, 47, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: As always, um, but it's good. It's, it's nice, nice to catch up, isn't it? Oh,
1: it's it's always nice
0: to catch up. Uh, if we'll start with Embra. Yes, Embra having a hell of a season. Let's, there's no bones about it. Third and Started Conference well. B, twenty three points. Two point only. Two points away. No, I I that right? No, two points. It's late. I can't do my maths. Two points adrift of drift in Munster. Beat Munster yep. away. I mean, I know everyone's saying it's Munster B, but it's still Munster away. Just. It's still... Yeah. That's still a good result. Um, Beat Wasps, and I know people have said it's a weakened Wasps side, but, you know, can I say a team with... any team with Lima Sopawanga is still a good side?
1: And Fekatua. Yeah. I mean, I I was... Because I was going to come on... um, That that was was kind of, you know... when I saw the the Edinburgh result, I thought, right, okay. The usual jokes, you know, the guys always they all know I, I kinda take the mick a bit about the you know, the the Challenge Cup and all that sort of thing. Uh, and it was all ready to come on and be like, ah, you know, he's he's beat the Wasps under eighteens, well played. That was a good bloody team they beat. That was yep. a good team.
0: Yeah. And I think that's it. I mean, i think Embra's depth's really showing this this uh, season and they've made a couple of good signings. I mean Ironisal looks Oh, it's a cracking. Really cracking sign. crack signing. And and I think that I don't worry about Embra during the international break because the the, the spine of their team is going to remain largely unaffected. I mean they they yes. have bottomless depth in the back row and they've now got John Barkley available yep. to them all year round. You've got I mean, you know, Henry Pergos is gonna get nowhere near a Scotland team, let's face it. So they've got the <laughs> first choice nine there. Yep. You got you've got sure. Hic- Hickey and um and um, Van der Volk. I haven't got them. Ah, oh, I nearly
1: had the music lined up and everything. See, I thought you, I thought you were going for the music there, so I gave you a space to go for it. But uh... <laughs> managed to get it in turn.
0: There we go. See, so, yeah. Yay, Yay, yeah, yeah, it's back. So, yeah, you got Van der uh in, um, and Hickey, and the, and again, Hickey's hit the ground running this season. They've already seen yep. f- found found the his form this season. You've got, I mean. I, I guess that the, the the only place I suppose is is the back three that you, you, they're going to lose Kinghorn and Graham.
1: Yes, the they've got plenty of depth at centre. They've got more centres than like than they actually need. They should maybe send a couple down the road.
0: I right, well, I mean, um, maybe Mark Bennett.
1: Uh, <laughs> you want so him what, back? I would take Bennett back in a second take yeah. him back in a second um, that was one a lot of Glasgow fans were sore about yeah so I mean,
0: yeah like I said they've got I think that the only thing is whether or not you end up with Dougie five back at full back during the six yeah. nations yeah you know for yeah. all you know, I mean they've got Damien Hoyland as well so if he can stay fit and not get broken as he's
1: wanting <laughs> to do um, so no good Good start from Embra Um Really, 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 really good start from them. Um, I, quite early on in the season, we we were obviously, uh, I think I was on with with Sandy and we were talking about the Edinburgh start and saying, you know, we're only a few games in. um, Is it going to continue? Will you be able to? Now that the internationals are back, they're playing better. Um, They're one of the few teams that are actually looking much better for having all their, for having their internationals back. So, no, I'm very impressed. Yeah, I think you'd want them to get to... I think I can, there's no
0: reason why they, they shouldn't be targeting semi or at least final in the Challenge Cup.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, definitely.
0: And they need to... I think they need to qualify for the Champions Cup for next season, realistically, given the position they're in now. I think it'd be a disappointing season if they didn't.
1: Uh, yeah, it was a massive, massive disappointment that they didn't last season. Um, and it, I, I took it as a sign that they they had they took quite a backward step last year by not making it. So, no, I think that has to be the target. It's not, I don't know, I'm not, I, I take your
0: point on the backward step. The only thing I wonder about whether or not they, like, I, you look at what Richard Cockrell said, that they overachieved that first season. Yeah. And he said we had no rights to do what we did in that first season. So I almost felt like the second season was was them consolidating the squad and the position and the way they were doing things. And yes, it was disappointing they didn't get there, but it, it, I think this is the season that that they need that they really need to kind of come into their own and
1: and, and start winning consistently. Yeah. Uh, I I take that, but it does strike me as being it's the sort of thing you say when you when you you have a rubbish review after doing you know something quite fancy, yeah. um, you know it's it's a lot of the same players that are there, uh, and you know second season syndrome isn't a thing. Nope. It's not a thing. So let's not let's not blame that. Um, yeah, you, you can you can you can flower it up however he wants. For me, it was. A, a, Backward step, and I'm delighted that they're back on track this season. Uh, despite my obvious allegiances elsewhere.
0: Well done, John. Well said. Do
1: you want to go and wash your mouth out? Feeling alright? I'm, 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 I'm actually. I'm like, I've got like a big stick here just now, and I'm just kind of like self-flagellating like, like that. Uh, yeah, that, that, just That's the like the Gah!
0: albino, the albino monk in there. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the basically. Die. Yeah, there, there's a there's a scene for all the listeners at home. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: do you want to skip the Glasgow review?
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: Europe's going well.
1: Uh yes. What a finish at the weekend. Oof. Oh well, my. Oh my G.
0: The first the first half of that game is one to forget. I think that that I mean it almost summed up Glasgow season in a single game, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely honking first half and yep. then you know. The Glasgow gove old absolutely, you know, tearing it up. What a try from Nico Matawalu.
1: What uh, well, a... see, that's that's the thing. Everybody's talking about the Kyle Stain try, which, uh, you know, um, Hastings cross kick, beautiful stain shows his shows his sevens quality, pure pace, great finish. But it's the Matalawu try that changes everything. Yeah, that's that, that's the game winner right there, um, and yeah, and that's that's why he's back in the team. Just, just the absolute reaction absolute
0: speed, glass. the reaction speed, and the vision just to see it and take it. Yeah, just yep. unbelievable. Yep. Kyle Stain reminds me of Sean Maitland. Is that he never looks like he's running very fast, but he's obviously going <laughs> yeah. until someone else is running and chasing him, and you go, oh, he's going quite fast.
1: Yeah, and you have to quickly check the person's number that's that's chasing him. Because yeah. I remember Maitland against it was Australia a few years ago when it it was it was when we thumped Australia and he tore up up the wing, and it was like oh, that's Maitland. Doesn't seem to be running terribly fast, but he's he's gassing everyone, and you're like, that's that's their back three. He's gassing. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite good. Yeah, yeah, surprising, but um, yeah, uh, actually, Stain's a, Stain's an interesting one, and it's it's funny that I mentioned second season syndrome um, just prior to that. Um, up to this point, this season, I, I mean, it was going to be I was going to mention it at the podcast last week that Kyle Stain is in fact not the Messiah, um, <laughs> and that this season he has maybe regressed back to a level that we would expect a guy who's kind of come out of nowhere from the seven circuit and has been kind of thrown in in a position that he's he's you know he was thrown in at 13 when he signed as a wing so i was i was disappointed with him this season until the weekend yeah where i thought he was outstanding yes on the wing
0: yes yes so I mean yeah it, again it's interesting isn't it, it, it because uh, I think the exit of Defeat of sale helps yes immensely got to in la Rochelle Yep um I haven't got the I haven't got the um the, the queued up for this I haven't got my enya soundtrack queued up for this unfortunately <laughs> <so I> can't <laughs> You've got to go and be sail away sail away sail away uh, oh, which which we, which we are we have plans we are hoping to get there and um, we'll announce we'll, we'll, once we've, once we've confirmed arrangements we'll announce where we are, where, roughly where we're sitting we're not, get, we're not giving you our seat numbers in case you try and forge tickets and steal them, but we'll try and uh, try and try and figure out some sort of bar or place to meet before the game and um and, and, and let you know which stand we're likely to be in on the day um but yeah that I mean that sale you would hope there'll be it's La Rochelle' this weekend, isn't it?
1: Yeah Back in
0: Glasgow true. and then yep. sail away on the 18th of January. Do so you think they win the next two? And this I mean it's, sail away is not insurmountable.
1: No, no, it's not particularly as um hopefully results going the right way this weekend, Sale will be almost out of it, if not yeah. out of it.
0: Did you now I you've got to feel very sorry for um the sale hooker, who is of course Duhan van der Murra's brother. Is he really? I didn't know that. Aka van der Merwe,
1: yeah. You can see who
0: got the looks in that family. (laughs) I too would grow a beard if my brother was as beautiful as Duhan van (laughs) der Merwe. Aka van der Merwe, yeah. He's a short squat hooker with a beard and long straggly hair. You just kind of compete.
1: Can you imagine being at the kitchen table with with those boys and just you know the absolute disappointment of the parents just looking at Acker going <sighs> what are we are going to do with this boy it
0: was a J- Jamie Lyle had interviewed um old Doohan uh for Rugby Pass I think it's a really good interview and he talks about how how uh Acker basically beat him up and persuaded him to keep playing uh, yeah actually I can see that yeah so uh, that'll be interesting to see. We can go and uh, um, uh, do hand um less attractive brother will be uh, hopefully appearing <laughs> for sale. Um, the Pro 14 for Glasgow then.
1: Hmm. Fourth. Mm, yeah. Fourth in conference
0: yeah. A. 15 points. Uh, mm-hmm. Six points adrift of the Cheetahs. Ten points adrift of Ulster. And a quadrillion points points adrift of Leinster at the stage.
1: Yeah. It's not good. No. And back to my point about buttering up or or, or flowering up um bad reviews. Um yeah. D Dave, Dave, Dave Rennie said the other day that we've 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 been miles ahead by this stage each of the last two seasons and haven't won it. So let's try it a different way. Yeah, that's not <laughs> that's not <gonna> fly <laughs> for me either. <laughs> <laughs> that's not gonna work come on guys like no no um, no yeah you, yeah <laughs> <not sure> <laughs> let's just
0: lose the first half of the season and then see how we go from there yeah um yeah i think the the, the worry i think is going to be and i'm sure everyone's got this worry is going to be the the six nations period then for glasgow yeah. because you know europe you don't worry because it's always it's never during the uh, window. Um, I'm just looking now who Glasgow have got during it. So let's see who you've got. I frighten you, terrify you now as to who you've got it's during rip. the it's fine For who you've got during the window. So Glasgow have got your zebra, but then things haven't gone well against zebra before during the Six Nations for nope. Glasgow, but it's, it's at home. Uh, then there is uh, dragons at home.
1: That, I mean, in theory those should be very Renable games. Uh, let's have a look.
0: Uh, Leinster away on the 28th of Feb. Ouch! Ouch! You might be lucky. That might fall during a, a, a fallow week in the Six Nations. You might get some fringe players back if you're lucky. Yeah. Um, Ospreys on the 21st of March. I think that just that that tends to just clip the end of the um, Six yeah. Nations. So the, the Leinster game, I think, is the worry there. I mean, I think the other ones are teams are going to be similarly affected from the other teams, and you might be okay, but you would want more points at the stage in the season
1: yes you would i think i think we could probably park the leinster game actually yeah. um i think we've done that actually the other day as well um to be honest i think they are so far ahead of us it doesn't matter a jot how what our score is against them now um we're competing for second at best um and that's fine uh one positive I suppose. Um I mean he'll probably end up playing for the Ayrshire Bulls during the Six Nations, but you know, the chances are Hugh Jones will be available. Yeah, so I thought you were you gonna Gordy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no, Gordy will be starting starting prop for Scotland yeah. by that point. Uh Marfo will be on the bench. Yeah.
0: Um so yeah we we'll, we'll see we're, i mean we're, we're, our christmas special's going to be half of it's going to be a a review of the of the calendar year and then the other half we're going to do a, re- a wee review of the decade given that the the um the decade's coming to an end i think I think there's some debate about this, but Wikipedia told me that this is the officially the end of the decade I'm going with that yeah, yeah. um I was we mentioned them um, the super six it, it has carried on a pace, but one just slight um kind of i don't know, i think it's an intended consequence really of the um Super 6 is the impact it's actually had on the National Leagues um, and if anyone wants to go and have a look at this it's quite interesting you look at na- uh, Premiership and National uh, 1, 2 and 3, no it's Premiership National 2 and National 3 now just how close it is uh, in those oh. leagues and I think now you now teams can't pay players the teams that have stronger youth setups, well one I think it's level the playing fields and also favours teams that uh, can attract players without financial incentives So those that, you know, can sort of pull on some emotional pull or have strong youth set up. So, I mean, look at, um, I'm going to talk about National 3 just because Berwick are top of the league at the minute. uh, So it's a good (laughs) opportunity to talk about that. But you've got three, the top three teams. Now, last time Berwick went up to National 3 was under the old regime. And, and, you know, you you speak to the the club and they they tell you that one team they played last time they went up to National 3, they beat them um, in the home fixture quite comfortably. They went away. And and played them away later in the season, and the team was filled with Kiwis.
1: Right. Which... So,
0: you can see how some teams were able to do very well if they had a rich benefactor, as at one point St Boswells did, uh, and paid lots of players to come and play for them. St Boswells no longer has a rugby club, so that's that's yeah. where that lends you. But at the moment, with I mean, I know somebody on Twitter was uh, tweeting me and said, "I but you can still." Uh, your coaches, so there's a lot of player coaches kicking around, but I think there probably are some limits to that. Um, but look Hi. national three top three teams on 49 points, then you've got fourth 44, are 5 on 40, Hillhead John 34, Murrayfield One is on 22, so that's a, that's a tight league and it's it's repeated up yeah. the league, so it's it's good. It looks like a club level things are much more competitive, which has got to be a good thing.
1: Oh, definitely, definitely, and it's um that level of competition you know it is what sharpens the the younger players coming through you know yep. having to scrap for every point um and learning to win um is what's going to serve these guys really well when they start to move into potentially into the into the the semi pro and uh whisper it possibly even pro weeks yeah and even for the for the guys that just want to play club rugby you know
0: it's much more attractive you're going to want to keep playing your club rugby if you're going and yeah. playing in competitive games every week and I know not yeah. every club's that lucky I know you got I feel feel for Carrick at the bottom of um you know they're at the bottom of national three but if generally week after week you you are playing for a team that is playing competitive fixtures and even if not winning at least having a good game against reasonable opposition then it, you're going to want to keep playing does.
1: Makes a difference. Makes a difference. It's not enjoy. That's the thing. It's not enjoyable. These one-sided games, like, everybody likes to win, but see when you're as part of a team and you're putting 80, 90 uh, points yeah. past the side. Berka it does, back, yeah. it? It's not enjoyable. No, Beric had a season like that a couple of years ago in the
0: East League and, you know, they're putting 100 points past teams every week and yep. then they went up to National, th- that was last time they went to National 3 and they got, then all of a sudden, they, you know, they'd gone from being you know a big fish in a small pond and how can teams to get an absolutely hooked in uh, national leagues so, so. the way about yeah yeah. So, no but this it looks in, in all the leagues I would say things look much it looks like there's much more level playing field developing and that that I think you know that's quite quite an interesting development and whether that's as a result of teams not being able to pay players yep. uh, who knows who knows but let's uh, watch this space um we'll move on then um we're going to do we'll do where's Dougie Donley um I, I had a couple of words doing it on I was in London uh for work, which is why we couldn't do the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um I didn't see any rugby players. I did see Oliver Letwin, um nice. the Tory MP, uh, who was much shorter than than I thought he would be. He was about five foot four and a half. Wow. Um looked like a very uh he looked like Badger from um The Wind in the Willows. <laughs> he looked lost and he was quite close to Parliament as well. Um I also saw um I also saw what who I think was Ken Loach, but it might have just been an old man in a suit. Uh,
1: that's a that's a reasonable shout. Yeah. Um Sandy... and what that what this does do, can I just interject? Yeah. What this does do is this now evens the playing field whereby because I've had a few where's doogie Donnellys in the past that have been um let's say, criticised by our listenership for their uh, lack of Scottish rugby relevance. So I think this now evens the playing field. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm just, <laughs> just go for something completely non-Scottish
0: related. <laughs> just fact. I've seen two famous people, so I wanted to mention it. Absolutely. Um, we have got a proper Scottish one, Sandy. Um, this, is, this, is, this was just today. Sandy said he saw um, Chunk in his works van. In Lonehead nice. last week at lunchtime, he said he appeared to be chowing down on something from Greg's. <laughs> Sandy said I had my Embra hat on, and he looked over when he saw it. I thought about saying hello, but I reckon if you disturb you disturb Chunk while he's eating at your peril.
1: Especially at Greg's, yeah. I think, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, don't think that's and by
0: that. end badly for all concerned. It's like, don't don't disturb a dog while it's eating. Don't disturb Chunk while he's having a having a Greg's. <laughs> Didn't say what he was eating, Sandy. Didn't say it didn't get that close. didn't get that close. You don't want to get that close to Chunk while he's eating, I wouldn't imagine. No, no, no. No, Um we'll do hands in the ruck then. Um the um Bruce McConaughey got in touch today his hands in the ruck is Finn and Hoggy playing well, knowing that they'll be back playing in a spectacularly underperforming Scotland team in a few <laughs> weeks' time.
1: Oh, how good has Finn Russell been in these last few oh, weeks, by man
0: Unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> Two kick well well we we'll get on the monster you know yeah was it the the Ospreys game two kick throughs in the same you know in the same phase, move same move, move. and first one was
1: unbelievably good just
0: unbelievable <laughs> and then the to, to nutmeg um the monster player <laughs> it was so good it was unbelievable oh
1: uh, Finn. Finn Finn
0: Finn oh so yeah Finn is doing Finn things.
1: It, well that's the thing we're getting all these highlights but he is still doing
0: a lot of thin oh, yeah, things yeah he's still doing a lot of other thin things yeah there's been a couple of other thin things he's done too yes. you take the rough with the smooth if that, that's what you, you take someone plays that that high risk rugby like I said previously we need I think you just need someone on his shoulder to cover yeah yeah, yeah. like a caretaker <laughs> that's it He just mops up someone just to mop up when things don't go so well um, Hoggy's playing well at Exeter as well this week before he got concussed yep. Yep. he's hit his stride, a bit worried that he might take a season to settle in, but doesn't seem to be. Nah,
1: he's, he's the sort of player who, his game is just so suited to any type of rugby I know, I was, just, <laughs> I
0: was worried the distance for Hoyk would, would
1: weaken his powers somehow No, but he shaved his hair off of course, so well, yeah. he has the anti-Samson effect Who would, I mean, you know, he spent all that money on a hair transplant,
0: allegedly <laughs> shave, it shave it off? Shave off, madness <laughs> Madness. Um Ian Wallace got in touch to say his hands in the ruck is the lack of TMOs in the Challenge Cup. Oh. There's no TMOs in the Challenge Cup. In a top flight European rugby competition, there's that's, no TMOs.
1: That, that's almost as bad as Russia not being banned from the Euros because the European Championships are not a major tournament. <laughs>
0: So John and I uh, only intended on doing about half an hour of a podcast, but we've rambled on for a little bit longer and my recorder ran out of time. Um, We will see you next week for our Christmas special, looking uh, back at the calendar year in Scottish rugby and also looking at the past decade in Scottish rugby to see how far things have come. Um, Visit the blog and we've got a special uh, post on there with some Christmas present ideas with links to our Redbubble store where we've got some Christmas inspired Scottish rugby designs for phones and mugs and Christmas cards and t-shirts and the like uh, you can also get links to some recommended books on our Amazon affiliate store if you buy through those links we get a little kickback which helps us with the costs of running the podcast and the blog um, we hopefully will might try and get a podcast out over the Christmas period looking at the 1872 cup games but it really depends on uh, how things go uh, with uh, Christmas going comings and goings um, we will definitely be back in the new year though uh, so for the moment it's goodbye from me and goodbye from John who's not here. So I'll just say goodbye from John. Uh, Goodbye, John. Goodbye.